bless the Lord. Let's turn to the scriptures. And usually small things in the hand of a big God. This is part four. Now usually we're turning to Zechariah chapter four and verse ten. But this morning we're going to go to a different portion of scripture. Just for time's sake. And Turn to the book of Judges, please, chapter 6. Book of Judges, chapter 6. Zechariah chapter 4 and verse 10, just while you're looking that up. We took one line from it, and it's our basis of our title, really our basis of our message that we're bringing these last few weeks. And Zechariah 4 and 10 says, For who hath despised the day of small things? For who hath despised the day of small things? And we told you the word despise means to hold in contempt, to hold as insignificant. In other words, God says, who says, who holds you? Who, as it were, looks down their nose at you, even if it's your own self? Who despised the day of small things? And we've looked at how we can feel small, think small, and be depressed in ourselves to think we're nothing, worthless, useless, hopeless, lifeless. And who has um, despised that? Do you even despise yourself? Who holds you in contempt? Who holds you as insignificant, even if it's yourself? Okay, the Lord says that none should do that, for the Lord does not think of you like that, Neither does he look upon you like that. Now there are three meetings, our morning services, you can download or get CDs off and you'll get into that a bit more. Let's go to Judges chapter 6. We'll be looking at the Lord using small things, weak things, contemptible things in man's eyes or as others would see them. Judges chapter 6 and verse 11. And there came an angel of the Lord and sat under an oak which was in Ophrah, that pertained to Joash the Ibezerite, and his son Gideon threshed wheat by the winepress to hide it from the Midianites. And the angel of the Lord appeared unto him and said, The Lord is with thee, thou mighty man of valor. And Gideon said unto him, O my Lord, if the Lord is with us, why then is all this befallen us? And where be all his miracles which our fathers told us of, saying, Did not the Lord bring us up from Egypt? But now the Lord hath forsaken us and delivered us unto the hands of the Midianites. And the Lord looked upon him and said, Go in this thy might, and thou shalt save Israel from the hand of the Midianites. Have not I sent thee? And he said unto them, O my Lord, wherewith shall I save Israel? Behold, my family is poor in Manasseh, and I am the least in my father's house. And the Lord said unto him, Surely I will be with thee, and thou shalt smite the Midianites as one man. And he said unto him, If if now I have found grace in thy sight, then show me a sign that thou talkest with me. Let's stop there. And the Lord will bless the reading of his own word. Let's just ban a word of prayer. Father, take your word now and inscribe it upon every single heart. 
and every life and encourage your people and build them up upon their most holy faith and glorify your name we pray. Thank you for the sense of you in the house this morning. And we ask you, Lord, again, that you would just minister to every heart. And Lord, our worship and praise that we have offered before you may it be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer, for Jesus' sake. Amen. Gideon. His name means feller, as in F-E-L-L-E-R, or woodcutter. In other words, he's a feller of trees, as it were. And this feller of trees, it seems as though he's not living up to his name. When we read about him here, he is hiding in the wine press, threshing wheat. And we're told that he threshes it behind the wine press in verse 11 to hide it from the Midianites. The angel of the Lord appears unto Gideon and says unto him, The Lord is with thee, thou mighty man of valor. Now in your eyes and in my eyes, in the world's eyes, Gideon seems to be a bit of a coward. He seems that he's hiding. And it seems that he's trying to get away from his duty of standing up and standing out and doing what he should be doing and standing for the truths and the word of the Lord. And in a sense, that's right. But when we really look at Gideon and what is actually happening here with Gideon is that Gideon is hiding. And Gideon does feel small, despised and contemptible. Gideon feels like he's nothing, so let's hide. But here's something as I was pondering over this that I felt as I looked deeper into it, I want to share with you this morning. That Gideon may have been the one hiding behind the wine press, threshing the wheat. But Gideon was the one that was doing it. Now you think about that. Where were the rest? Where was everyone else? At least Gideon was putting his hand to the ply, as it were. Gideon was making his effort. Gideon, although fearful, Gideon, although he was maybe a cowering, as we would call him in the New Testament times, a cowering, a cautious Christian, or a belittled believer, or a defeated, dismayed, disappointed depressed disciple or maybe he was a subservient silenced saint I wrote them at half one this morning and maybe that's how he was but nevertheless the little strength that Gideon had the little faith that was in him the little tiny bit of courage that he could muster. He was there and he was doing it. Where were the rest? I don't know. Where was his family? Where were his friends? Where were his, his neighbors? Where were the armies of Israel being defeated in battle? And yet this man decides, I'm hiding. Behind the wine press, Threshing the wheat, and it doesn't seem a great witness, 
but I'm faint yet pursuing, as it were. I'm trusting God for the little I've got left. And maybe that's you this morning. And maybe you're almost done. Maybe you feel small and almost finished. And maybe you feel you have very little faith to go on, that you are struggling to contain yourself from breaking down, from running away, from giving up. And you find, as it were, you're behind your wine press. And you're threshing the wheat that you know that you have left. And the idea here is, remember, Gideon is threshing the wheat to hide it from the Midianites when all others would have left it to the four winds, would have left it to the enemy. When you think about this, as I pondered over it, I looked at it and I said, well, Gideon, one thing I can say about you is this. You're at least trying, you're up and doing, you're trusting God with little you have left. And here's the thing, Gideon was the one who was stepping out. He may be hiding, but he was stepping out and that which was his, that which was his family's, that which was valuable, he was protecting it by hiding it. He was bringing it in. He was threshing it. He was hiding it. He was keeping it. You know what he was doing? He was, with what little faith he had, he was laying up in store for what lay down the road. And you see, brothers and sisters, you and I need to lay up in store and say no more to the enemy. Whether you feel little or weak or you feel you have no faith hardly left, that you feel you are in despair and you can't go on, you feel defeated, keep going on, keep trusting, get even behind your wine press and step out and say, no more, I'm taking back what the enemy would steal and it's mine. Claim it in the name of the Lord. Don't let the devil, don't let the enemy have his way with your family. Don't let him have his way with you. Don't let him have his way with the things that you possess, which God has blessed you with. Gideon was doing that. The first thing we look at and notice is this. Gideon, you're a card and you're hiding. But then as I looked at it and thought about it and pondered over it, I said, you know, Gideon, you may be hiding but you're still trusting and doing what you can. Here's the marvelous thing about it. He done that, and God visited him. And I want you to hear that. He done that, and God visited him. The angel of the Lord came and visited him. And notice, the angel of the Lord knew exactly where Gideon was. Shows you you can't hide from God. You can't hide from God. You can't hide your fears. You can't hide your feelings. You might hide from man. And you might hide from woman. You might hide even from the devil as it were. But you cannot hide from God. God sent his angel. And knew exactly where Gideon was. Behind the wine press. Threshing the wheat. Trying his best. Here's the thing. Maybe this morning... 
you are one of those in the list of the Christians, the believers, the disciples, or the subservient, silent saint, if you want, as I called it. And that's maybe you this morning, and you're here. You're here this morning. Here's the wonderful thing about it. In your weakness, in that little bit of faith that you felt like putting a duvet over your head and staying in bed, in that little part of you that you wanted to run away over the weekend or you didn't even want to be in the house of God for you couldn't face things or you just wanted to, your, your, your faith had been weakened, in it all, in it all, you have become that Gideon. You have stepped out and with what little you have, you've believed and you've bothered to put yourself out, get out of bed, get the children ready, drive to church and you're here because you said, I need to be where the house of the Lord is to worship him, to praise him, to hear his word. And you are that Gideon. Notice this. Gideon's name who means feller or cutter down. After God had spoken to him, God increased his faith by giving him great signs. God actually says, here's the word, I'll be with you. Gideon had to trust the bare word of God. My brothers and sisters this morning, we need to solely trust the bare word of God. And you and I need to take that word which God speaks directly to our hearts this morning. Know the heart that I don't know what you're thinking and the heart that your, maybe your spouse doesn't know what you're thinking. Do you know the heart that only you know and the Lord knows about? The deep inner recesses of you, the, the very secret place of your own being that no one has revelation of but Almighty God in your own spirit. You know that place? Well, you know God who knows your heart better than you know your heart. He steps in to where you are and he speaks his word, and you know it. And you know you're speaking to me. I said this last week, let me say it again. God's word could speak to you, and you know it in that deep inner recess of your being. And one, if someone's not saved, they could go out again with that word of God speaking to them. They go out the same way they come in, and it make no effect upon them but keep speaking to them. And you can run away and you can refuse him and reject him and deny him. But nevertheless, thou hast heard the word of God to your heart. Or Christian, listen. God could speak to you to say, this is what I want you to do. This is how I want you to live. This is what I want you to say. This is where I want you to go. And God says, trust me, I will be with thee. I want you to take courage in this. And it's in that deep secret place, the inner recesses of the spirit that only you and God knows. And you can walk out of here and say, Lord, that was for the man in front of me or the woman behind me or the person beside me. And you can make all these excuses up. But the Lord says, child, I'm speaking to you. It's up to you to take it in, take it on board and act upon the bare word of God. Gideon would never have become who he was without the bare word of God and trusting in it. The Lord says, listen, Gideon, I will be with thee. 
Now, if the Lord says that to Gideon, how much more in the new covenant and the outpouring of the Holy Spirit? How much more when God is for Israel in the Old Testament and when Jesus walked the face of this earth, he was with the disciples and after Calvary and the resurrection and the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, he is within us. For, within. That's the way it goes. For us, with us, now in us. And if he's in us and he says, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. Back to front is thee forsake nor thee leave, never will I. No matter what way you look at it, the Lord says this morning, I will never leave you, no matter where you're going, no matter what you're facing, no matter the trials you're having, no matter the testings, no matter the trouble, no matter the circumstance, the highs and the lows, the the waywardness and, and the driftings, the wanderings, he says, no matter where your heart takes you, I will be with thee. But when he's with you, he's with you to turn you to lead you, to guide you, to draw you back into the way. Don't be fearful for the Lord thy God is with thee whithersoever thy goest. I notice this. Gideon, the feller or the cutter down. Is it not strange that after God speaks to him, Gideon acts in the bare word of God, God starts revealing signs and wonders to him. That's where it should be in the new covenant church of God. God reveals through his word, but God starts revealing. And he starts as we preach the word, as we move in faith, as we start acting upon the things of God, God starts to show signs and revelations of himself. And in doing that, the man, Gideon, the feller, the woodcutter, he starts putting down altars, albeit secretly again, but he does it. And then he becomes Gideon, a man with a mighty army. And he starts cutting down the idols of all the enemy. Starts cutting down the enemy's advances. He starts chasing the Midianites out of the land. He becomes a savior to Israel, as it were, and saving them from great defeat. See how God looks upon Gideon. See where God finds Gideon. See what God says to Gideon. Now hear what God says to you. Find you where you are and what God wants to do through you. See, little is much when God is in it. Little is much when God is in it. And small things in the hands of a big God are mightily used for the glory of God. No matter how small you feel, no matter how small you think you are, no matter how small your faith is this morning, no matter how small, when you look around you, you say, oh, there's bigger, there's better, there's greater. There's not, there's you, and God uses you. No man is great, only God is great. Oh, the pastor preaches there and teaches from the word and and Gary leads the worship and the musicians play the songs and I can't play and I can't sing and I can't teach and I can't preach. I can't even pray in public. That's okay. But what God has given you, God can use it for his glory. You're not me and I'm not you and thank God for it. Because I may not like you and you may not like me. Thank God for it. We're all different, and in every way, God uses us 
The small things are not small in God's eyes. For example, Gideon sees himself in our reading. He says, my family, Manasseh. Manasseh were one of the sons of Joseph who took on the name Israel, the blessing of Jacob. But Manasseh were way up in the top uh, western, eastern rather, eastern corner of the nation. Uh, and that was east Manasseh. And then you had western Manasseh cross the river on the other side. And they were way up there. So who would want somebody way out of the road? God knew exactly what was needed at the time, the point, the place. God knew who was needed, what he would do, who he would call, how he would use them. And this wee, small, insignificant person who was called Gideon, his name sounds great. He's a feller, a woodcutter. He must be a tough guy. God knew he wasn't. He was hiding. But what he had, God used. And that's you and me. That's you and I, to be correct. Here we have a small thing that is not despised of God. My family, he says. I'm from the least of the tribes. And my family, uh, we're the least, really. Why would you want me? Who am I? Who am I, Lord? I want to tell you something. Quite regularly, I stand before God and say, Lord, are you sure you got this right? I mean, choosing me. Are you sure you got it right for me to lead people? Are you sure you got it right for me to preach your word? Are you sure, Lord, you've got it right? Forgive me, Lord, for the way I'm saying that, but that's just what I say sometimes. Are you sure, Lord? Of course he's sure. He's a fountain of all knowledge. And you might say, me? I can't. The Lord says, you may not be able to. You may say, I can't. He says, but I can And then you say, I can do all things through Christ, which strengtheneth me. I can. You're not small. You're not despised. You're not insignificant. God loves you, called you, sent his son to die for you. As I said the other week, the whole world in the palm of your hand offered to God for your salvation and for your redemption with all the riches and all the, the national wealth of it, all the, even all the money in the banking cartels. If they handed all their money in, the whole globe in your hand to God to say, can that pay for my salvation? Is that enough to pay for me? God would say, no, it's not. You are not small, despised, and insignificant in the eyes of God. Some men might think that. Don't let them. You say, I'm a child of the king. I'm of royal descent. I belong to the Lord Jesus Christ. That's who you are this morning. That's who you are. You see, God comes and he sees Gideon being uh, Productive. God sees Gideon stepping out with maybe less than a mustard seed of faith. But saying, Lord, I can't do this, but I'll do what you tell me. And God uses him and calls his name the feller. And he fells down all of the enemy's idols. And he fells down all of the enemy's attacks. And God uses him for mighty things. Notice this. When the Lord comes to Gideon, verse 14, the Lord 
looked upon him and said, go in this thy might. Gideon, go in this thy might. Now, nothing's happened to Gideon here. The Lord hasn't come and laid hands on Gideon. He says, right, Gideon, here we are. I'm going to just make you strong. I'm not going to have you worried or fearful. I'm just going to say, trust me and all that will go. Just trust me. God doesn't do anything spectacular or super significant. God just says, you're a mighty man of valor. And Gideon's knees knocking behind the wine press, threshing the wheat, says, me? I am. The Lord says, you're a mighty man of valor. God sees Gideon, not for what Gideon is. Neither does God see Gideon for who Gideon thinks he is. God sees Gideon not for what he is, but for what he can be. He sees Gideon for what he can make Gideon and what he will do with Gideon, what he will do through Gideon. God does not see a man who is washed up and fearful. God does not see someone afraid and small, weak, contemptible, despised, insignificant. God doesn't look at Gideon and see him in all those things. God knows his fears, but God looks past that and God sees someone he's going to change. He sees someone he's going to equip. He's going to see someone he's going to use. And he looks and he sees the future for Gideon. And he says, Gideon, you may think you're like that and feel like that, but I have a great plan and purpose for you and your life. And you're going to move into it in victory and blessing. And you will be the feller of the enemy. That's what God sees. And that's what he sees when he looks at you this morning. He sees, maybe someone saying, I can't, Lord. He says, you can't, but I can. He says, just trust me. Just trust me. He says, Gideon, go in this thy might. But Lord, I haven't got any strength. I need you to catch this. He says, Gideon, go in this thy might. Nothing's changed. He hasn't infused supernatural or superhuman strength into him. He says, go in this thy might. What is thy might, Lord? What is my strength this morning? My spirit and my word. You obey my word and I'll be with you. And you keep stepping out as you're doing behind the wine press. And every step you take is a step of faith. And every time you take a step of faith, you'll see God move. You'll see God touch. You'll see God change circumstances and situations. You'll see God's blessing. You'll see God's provision. You'll see God move on the left hand and on the right. You'll see things happen you never thought of before. You're going to change nation around. You're going to be able to do great and mighty things. And brothers and sisters, if you can change, if you can take this word to your heart this morning, no matter what you're thinking, who you think you are, no matter how you feel, God can use you to change even our nation around. You might feel that you're only you, little old me. You're not. 
You're a child of God. You're an heir of God and joint heirs with Christ. You're seated in heavenly places in our Lord Jesus Christ. You have full and free access to the throne of grace and to the throne of God. And that might which you have, go in this thy might this morning, out the door and say, I'm a child of the King. Not an arrogance and full of pride, but full of full conviction and full of compunction of the Holy Ghost that he will drive you on to victory in Christ. That's the idea. Say, Lord, see whatever comes against me. No weapon that is formed against me shall prosper. When any enemy comes against me, I'll just resist the devil and he will flee from me. For you will never leave me nor forsake me. Yeah, Lord, you're not just at my elbow. You are in me. You are the Holy Ghost who resides in this temple. That's who you are this morning. And when we get to realize that, when you get to realize that, no matter what comes your way, oh, you'll struggle at times and you'll find, find, Lord, help us here and help us there. The Lord will always help you. The Lord will always help you. Gideon was working. And in spite of adversity, He was protecting that which God had blessed him with. Gideon thought, I'm the smallest. This is what I'm going to leave you with. In chapter 7, we have the Lord who has now built the faith up in Gideon. You see, that's why we look back to see what what the Lord's done before and he can do it again. You see, in chapter 6, when the angel of the Lord comes, Gideon says, why is this befalling our nation? If you're the same God, If you're real, if you can do this through me, well, why is this happening to our nation? Well, it was national sin, but we'll go on from there. We'll not go into that. And he says, why is this happening? And if you're the God that our fathers have told us about, who brought them out of Egypt, the stories of the Red Sea, surely you're the great God who could do it now. And why is it not happening? Don't we hear that? Don't we hear that? Well, here's the thing. The angel of the Lord stands before him to say, that's why I'm here. I'm looking for someone to move in my power. I'm looking for someone to step out in faith. I'm looking for someone to trust in my word. I'm looking for someone to lean on me and rather leaning on their circumstances. I'm looking for someone to come out of their wine press this morning and stop threshing behind that wine press and step out in me and see what I can do with you and do in your life. That's what God is saying this morning. And Gideon says, but where are they all? And the Lord says, Gideon, why am I here? I use the small things, the little mustard seed, even if it is that of faith, and I will take that for my honor and glory, he says. So here's the thing, brothers and sisters, the same goes this morning. Well, Lord, what about this and the the old Pentecostal days and all the things that we heard about? Listen, he is the same. He's the same God who opened the Red Sea that we read about. He's the same God who sent his angel on to Gideon. He's the same God who pulled down the walls of Jericho. He's the same God who done all the mighty deeds and wonders and acts. He's the same God who became flesh and, and raised the dead and healed the sick and cleansed the lepers and cast out devils. He's the same God who give us a great commission now you and I must act upon his word and trust him he is the same and we have changed and men theologize so much God doesn't do those things anymore but 
Where is the God? Well, if he doesn't do them, what are you asking where he is for? Rather say, you're the same yesterday and today and forever. And since you're the same, then we will stand up, stand out, step in faith, and we will trust God for better, greater things. That's the idea, brothers and sisters. God can do exceeding abundantly above all you can ever ask or think of him. Listen, we stop there. According, or the word there is the word kata, due to the domination. That's the way it reads. Due to the influence. Due to the control. That's the way it reads. God can do exceeding abundantly above all we could ever ask or think, according or due to the domination, the influence and control that worketh in us. He is God in us. And when that domination, control, and influence is off the Holy Ghost, he can do way beyond your wildest dreams and expectations. I said it when we were praying this morning. It is no secret what God can do, what he's done for others. He can do for you. Here's where we finish. Judges chapter 7. In Judges 7, and we'll just paraphrase for time's sake. Gideon now, full of faith, trusting in the Lord, seeing the signs and wonders and the fleeces and all those sort of things. And the dew on the fleece in the morning and so on. And he's really trusting God now. He's, Lord, you're real. See, once you get one victory in God, it leads you to another one. And see, once you step out in faith and you see God moving in one part, you'll see him in another one. See, once you see God and you're trusting him in one circumstance and him coming through and you see God working in it, you'll believe him for the next one. And that's where it goes from the next to the next. We're being changed from glory to glory in our faith, trusting in our Lord Jesus Christ until that day when he returns. And here we have Gideon. He's now built up in faith. 32,000 troops going to battle. Oh, Gideon, you're a real fella. You're a real mighty man. Now God says, now I'm going to really try you. He says, I'm going to cut down your army. 22,000 leave. They're afraid and want to go home. Away you go. 22,000 leave. Leaves them with 10,000. Then they go to drink water and those who lap like a dog. And there was 9,700 of them lapped like a dog out of 10,000. 9,700, and the Lord says, now tell them to go home. Ah, Lord, are you sure? Are you sure you've got this right, Lord? Because that leaves me with 300 here. Are you really sure? One, and I'll say who it was. One old Elam preacher, I was in the car with a couple of them, and one of them, he's retired, and he would be well known, so I'm not mentioning his name. He's talking one day, and it's good to talk to other pastors, because... Sometimes you're listening about things that go on, not personal things, but things how you deal with situations and that. And one of them says one day that they knew a man who mentioned one time God's blessed subtraction. That there are sometimes you get that much hassle in a church from dead lifeless Christians, God subtracts them from the church and it's a real blessed time. <laughs> Because they don't want to move. They don't want to fight. They don't want to raise up and move on in God. They don't want the spirit of God. They don't want the word of God. They don't want the preaching of God's word. And God blessedly subtracts them from the church. You know why? Because he will use the 300 of Gideon's men 
for his glory, for his victory. And maybe people are subtracted out of your life. Maybe you've had really good friends and for some reason they've been subtracted out of your life. Well then, you just praise God for it. For he knows best. Sometimes there's a blessed subtraction. And leave it up to God. 300 men caused the Midianites to flee. And the Lord said that he would do it, give the victory. You know why? That Israel would not turn around and say when they moved into that area of victory that Israel could not turn around and say we have gotten the victory of our own hands. Do you see in your smallness, in your weariness, in your weak times, do you see when you feel you can't go on and you feel despised? Do you feel when your strength is small? Do you feel whenever you just want to give up and you realize, you know, Lord, I'm hanging on in and I'm just going on? Listen, we don't want you to sit in defeat. The idea is that you rise up in Christ. The idea is you rise out of this knowing who you are in him. But do you see when those times, those times come? And you see, you'll see the blessing of God and the victory of God every time you proclaim him as your Lord. Every time you say, I'm a child of the King and I'm trusting in God and things change, you're going to see such a vast and a marked difference. And when you get out the other side, you'll realize how weak you were. And he gets all the glory. He gets all the glory. You know, I have thought I was going to get all this out in one week, and that's four weeks. I think of another two or three there. So we'll see how we get on. The Lord bless his word. Just before, we're going to lift the tithe and the offering. But just before we do as well, I want to say...